KPLY. Hello, Pally. This is Pally Radio, and welcome to episode 5 of In the Studio. I'm Theo. Oh, and I'm Jared. And in this episode, we're actually going to be covering a retrospect of three big blockbusters mm. that came out <clears throat> last December, 2018. Yes. Uh, we're going to start off with Aquaman. Um, follow, after that, we're going to go Bumblebee. And then we're going to finish it off with uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Sounds like a plan. All right, let's get started. All righty. So, Aquaman. First off, let's start with our uh, initial thoughts. I assume by now most of you have probably seen this movie. But um, if not, uh, th- do you want to give a brief synopsis, Theo? Um, very brief. Yeah, so Aquaman is very much a uh, it's like an action film. It's some comedy mm-hmm. as well. It's the latest uh, movie in the DC Extended Universe. And it follows Aquaman, who is half human, half Atlantean. And mm. he... Crucial plot points. Yeah, and he's basically trying to bridge the gap between two worlds in order to like stop a war from happening. Hmm. All um, right, so let's give our first opinions on this movie. Yep. So um, first off, I actually I thought this movie was extremely enjoyable. It was probably one of the most entertaining uh, DC movies, definitely. And just overall, it's just a very entertaining action movie. I thought it was kind of similar to uh, like the Indiana Jones films, maybe like Raiders. Indiana Jones. Okay, not Raiders of the Lost Ark, because that's like a masterpiece. Yeah. But like maybe the later Indiana Jones films, where it's like kind of. It's kind of goofy. Like, the action is not really, like, serious, but it's really fun. Mm-hmm. What do yeah, you think, Yeah, I can Theo? definitely see that, too. Um, for me, this movie was very much, like, a, on a technical standpoint, it was very lacking. There was, like, many flaws one could find with the movie. Well, I, I think I'm going to just interject very quickly. Uh, but I think most of the issues were by far in the script. Like, yeah. The script was no, I think, I think there was also some CGI and green screening problems as well. Um... Maybe maybe a few, yeah. Um, but I only like, saw it once. Though. In terms of just like watching it for the sake of just like having a good time, it's a pretty good movie. Hmm. I think mm-hmm. it does its job. Yeah. Um, Although to talk more about the script, I d- I totally agree with you. The script had, I think that's probably the weakest part of this movie. Yeah. James Wan, very very good director, but like if you're not given a really good script, then there's only so much you can do out of a movie. Because I feel like I feel like he has the potential. If he was given like a really good Aquaman script, it could have been like a masterpiece. But really, then, a masterpiece? Yeah, I, I have a lot of faith in James Wan, dude. Hmm. So. Okay, I'm I'm really not sure what the vision was for the movie and as for the character of Aquaman either. There was like a lot of inconsistencies and a lot of just like craziness that kind of just happened all over the place. Um, oh yeah, these characters they seem pretty very cookie cutter. They're like very generic. And like, yeah, yeah, it's very. But like even surface even level. beyond cookie cutter, I think one of the weirdest things about Aquaman is he doesn't. It, it's super weird because he doesn't have a uh, he doesn't have a character arc. He has like a mm-hmm. character change. He goes from like he he just, he treated like Thor in the Marvel universe, which yeah. to put it in perspective, in the first few movies, Thor was very much of a stoic sort of like like godlike figure because you know he's based yeah. on a demigod so similar to Aquaman actually um, and then like somewhere in between like Avengers 2 and Thor Ragnarok he became super goofy yeah and like <laughs> he's kind of just like a well-meaning strong sort of like like a little hammy but yeah. like comedic sort of um, big guy and what's funny is while it happened in the MCU very suddenly at least it was in between movies mm-hmm. but 
for this movie, Aquaman just changes character like somewhere in the middle, and it's really hard to pinpoint exactly where. Mm. Just somewhere in the middle of this movie, he just goes from phase one Marvel Thor to phase three Marvel Thor. Yeah, it reminds me of like almost like a Spider-Man-esque origin story where it's basically, if you just took the first part though, like it's basically just, the whole movie is just him discovering his powers basically. Like it's just, this movie is just him becoming Aquaman, but that's like the closest thing we get to an arc. Like he starts off kind of like a bum who just like drinks beer and stuff. Uh At the end he still drinks beer and stuff, but he's like a king now. Yeah. So like, yeah. But then I I do have to say, I really did like the the acting by what's the guy's name? Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he was very comedic, very funny. Uh, for the lines he was given, which some of them were not very uh, very well written, but I think for the material he was given, he did a very good job in his role. Hmm, okay. I have to disagree with you. Really? I don't think he was an amazing actor. Uh-huh. I think he's... It, I feel like he's definitely more of a uh, side character sort of role mm-hmm. because, like, sometimes when he has to say, like, stupid funny lines, his yeah. delivery is actually pretty solid. But then a lot of the time when he's just, like, in dialogue, you know, like, having conversations, having all that stuff, it's not very good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I'm, and, um, I'm, I'm not saying like he's what's it called. I'm not. I'm definitely not saying he's like did like a fantastic job. I'm just saying for like the role which I think James Wan was going for, he did like exactly what he was supposed to do. Like I, th- I think he's supposed to. Cause dude, think about Aquaman. Aquaman is like a B-list, like maybe C-list, like superhero. Okay, but like he just is like the funny a side guy. Superhero doesn't mean so you I have think, to I be think like that C-list is what, acting. Like, you know, I, I that's what I give. I give him like a C in acting. Like he didn't fail. But he wasn't like exceptional. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't ex- exceptional. But I'm, I'm just saying that I think he did, he did the job which he was, uh, which he was supposed to do. Okay. Like he, I, was, he was, he's supposed I, to be I the funny know. side character, but then like that's basically what he was too. But he's the main character of his own movie. That's what makes it weird. But, okay, look, I, I, yeah, I digress. We're digressing here. This yeah, isn't no, important. That's true. His, la- <laughs> his acting, in my opinion, not very good. But. Okay, that's that's fair. Right. Well, overall, what do you think of the acting in this movie? Um, I think it it was like it was never actually no. Okay, there are some it was parts almost bad. never bad enough where it didn't take me out of the movie, yeah. except for the flashback scenes with the child version oh. of Aquaman. So there's <laughs> the teenage this one scene, Teenage Aquaman. Teenage Aquaman was the weirdest scene I've ever <laughs> seen in a movie. Child Aquaman was not bad because he didn't say anything. He, he said kind of, he said something like "go away," and he was like yeah. talking to fish or something. Like it was kind of like kiddyish, um, but it, I think it's fine. It was Teen Aquaman was so it was jarring. So weird. Every time he talked, I was like, "What is going on?" It just sounded <laughs> yeah. like I don't know. And um, <laughs> basically, uh, since Willem Dafoe is like his father figure, oh William, no, except for his actual he did, father, he did good. He, he was, did pretty good, like like usual. But very what they good did acting. was they put like this um, they they put him a ton of makeup on him to get rid of a lot of his wrinkles. <laughs> and they did it even more so in the past scene. But the thing about Willem Dafoe is he doesn't look, he doesn't have wrinkles because he's old. That's just mm. how he looks. Yeah, yeah. Like, even in, take it like the first Spider Man movie, which is like yeah, 20, 20 years, years ago. ago he, he still, still looks the he same. He looked exactly the same. So, like, it, yeah. it's not that he's old. It's just he looks like that. Which means when you try to age him down, and then you try to age him down even more in a flashback scene, mm-hmm. he looks very strange. Yeah, he d- he didn't look like I, like my dad didn't recognize him until I told him like afterwards. <laughs> but then then again, we have to consider like he is a fish, so like it's okay if he looks a little weird. Like, sure. I, I have to say that for most of the character designs, like a lot of the main stars in this movie are kind of hard to recognize. Yeah. Like, they don't look like their parts in other movies. But then, uh, where am I going with this? 
I do think like overall the style in this movie was kind of was kind of interesting just from a visual standpoint. Like James yeah. Wan, I feel like he does know what he's doing. Yeah, he, he definitely there was definitely an attempt made to do something different, which I really appreciate. Oh, yeah. Like like the world building in this movie. I feel like what's it called? There's not really a lot of substance. But visually, yeah. it's very, very eye-popping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, especially Atlantis. It's actually like, having a conversation with someone. Like, it definitely feels like they blew, like, 80% of their budget on, like, three scenes. Yeah. That's the <clears throat> Atlantis introduction scenes with, like, you know, like, the, um, you can just, like, flying through the city. Or, oh, yeah, that, was, that was, like, stunning, dude. Or, you know. Um, and the big fight. The big war fight. The end fights? Like, the, uh, Like, the yeah. final battle. Dude, the final battle was, like... That was pretty amazing. Like, just the amount of, like, visual just <laughs> yeah. insanity on screen easily probably took, like, 50 million to animate. Dude. Because, you know, it's all CG. Because it's all underwater. Like, you can't Let's really... talk about that kiss scene. That was the most epic kiss scene I've ever seen. Like, I'm not saying it's the best, but in terms of epicness, okay. it's the most epic. It's like, very ironic, <laughs> because I don't remember this scene. Oh, wait, actually? Yeah, I kind of forgot. Okay. So, to jog your memory, there's a scene where um, Aquaman, and what's the, what's the girl's name? Like, the red? Oh, Mira. Yeah. The, like the that. other fish person. So they kiss, and then, like, this is while, like, in the middle of the battle, they just oh. kiss, and the camera spins around them, and there's explosions around the battle, oh, and then, like, all the music, like, now. cuts out. But I don't remember this scene for the kiss. I remember this scene because they beat sync the explosions with the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I think, like, a pop song comes in or, or something yeah. like that. I can't and then, remember clearly. But all I remember is there was a beat sync with explosions and music. It was and I'm so like, epic. That, for some reason, it just reminded me of Baby Driver. Yeah. And not to not to just go on a random side tangent, but I love Baby Driver. Oh, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I like this. I like this part. This part was, so was good. Epic. I like that. Oh, so I feel like there's definitely a lot of good ideas in direction. Yeah. Uh, execution, hit or miss. But, like, yeah. it, I, I at least appreciate the effort. They definitely, sure. I, what I feel like is they just threw everything into this movie. Yeah. Like, the backstory with what's called the, the lighthouse keeper and the queen, how, like, the, mm-hmm. it's a love story. It's definitely, like, kind of shoehorned in, but I thought it was, like, kind of touching. But it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It is, um, uh, it is a kind of cheesy. It's definitely cheesy. Oh, yeah, this movie's super cheesy, but, but then, it kind of, like, it rolls with it. It yeah, understands. It I feel like halfway through the movie, they're like, wow, this is way too cheesy. But then instead of trying to cut back and change everything, like how DC used to do it, they yeah. went, they just owned up to it. They were like, forget it. Like the kissing. Go <laughs> yeah, we're just going to go out. We're going to go all out. It's just going to yeah. be hammy. It's going to be cheesy. We don't even care anymore. Dude. Oh, and the ending was so sad. Okay. I can't. No spoilers. Say, yeah, no spoilers. No spoilers for this one. Just. But it, it was very. I, I think my brother said it was kind of cheesy. Like, it's in a lot of, like, rom-coms and stuff. It was really cheesy. But then I thought it was really sad, too. It was just, it was so <laughs> You didn't cheesy. like it? No. Oh, okay. That's, that's fair, because it's a very, it's a very um, cliche thing. Yeah. But I, th- I thought it was quite nice. And then, basically, that's my thoughts on this movie. If you just go into it expecting, like, some top-quality popcorn entertainment, then you will be thoroughly impressed. Yeah. Like, don't, don't look too hard into the CG. Yeah. Uh, don't read too much into what they're saying. Oh, kinda yeah. lo- just kind of, like, watch and go, like, yeah, that's fun. All right. Like oh, one final comment. Um, what's the guy? The, Jason the Asian Roman. comedian. Asian comedian? <laughs> Remember the guy who plays um he's like the the crazy conspiracy theorist. Oh he's so funny. <laughs> really? I thought he was annoying. I was like, dude, really? this is kind of shoehorned oh, okay. in. Yeah, I know. I was not a well, fan. Okay. The thing is I really thought that was funny because when I was little, I used to watch this TV show called Ancient Aliens. And then basically oh, yeah. everybody was like that guy. <laughs> Except he did it like more funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. He was definitely like that. That was that yeah. was something wild. 
All right, so final ratings on this film. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a seven. How about you, Theo? Um, okay, not going to lie. When I came out of the theater the first time I watched it, I would have definitely gave it a seven. Mm-hmm. But in retrospect, because after all, this is a uh, retrospect sort oh, yeah. of style <laughs> style of podcast here. Yeah. A six, maybe a six. Okay, so both positive grades from both of us, yeah. which is... Um, uh, though I consider my six a little generous. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very much a... Uh, here, let me let me break my six down to two two categories. Good, okay, in terms good. of actual <clears throat> technical, like gravas of this movie, I give it like a four. Like the oh, execution okay. was very off, uh-huh. but I, I give it like a an extra two points for uh, trying something new. Hmm, nice, nice. Oh, and, all right. So after we gave our scores on this movie, we're now gonna go into a brief, uh, brief, what's it called, discussion of how we affect, how we think this film will affect the the rest DCU. Of the DCU. Yeah. yeah universe or whatever um <clears throat> honestly i i think this movie like in terms of its canon within the universe doesn't really do much yeah maybe it, it changes aquaman's character i think that's a really good step because he was mm. honestly like really dull in justice league oh yeah um, although i think after this film like especially when he gets his suit and everything oh that might be a spoiler but uh, yeah. i mean it's in the it's in the poster so after he gets his suit i think that's part's really epic and then now that he is like full-on like He's just full on. He's he's like the character in the what's it called, the old TV show or whatever. He's just like really cheesy, kind of goofy. Yeah, but like, he's like cheesy and goofy, but like he kind of like owns it. It's like yeah, yeah, um, definitely. That's think, exactly. I think what I'm trying I've to heard say. this description for something else, but he's kind of like that dad who makes dad jokes, but and he knows they're bad, but he just mm-hmm. doesn't care enough to stop. And that's literally Aquaman. And that's good enough. Like, like when you say the dad who yeah. makes dad jokes, you just think Aquaman. Yeah, but like, <laughs> he's like. But it's not just the dad who makes dad jokes. It's a dad who understands his dad jokes are bad, and he just doesn't care. He just yeah. keeps going. <clears throat> so I'm I'm really and, uh, excited yeah. to see him. Definitely a better in future action. Um, in terms of like as a financial success, as very we all know, successful. Yeah, extremely successful, especially in China. And this movie made over a billion dollars, which is the first time DC has done this. in, like, I think Ever? the last time. No, they did it in The Dark Knight Rises. In the Dark oh, Knights. yeah. But that, that was, was by Christopher Nolan. That wasn't even that in the was, same universe. Yeah, totally different universe. Um, that was, yeah. So yeah. this is very, a big step in the right direction for DC. Yeah. So let's move right. on to the next movie. Unless any final thoughts on nah, that? Nah, I, I think that's it. Okay. So now we can move on to my favorite movie of these three. Because I'm bringing you back to all right, so Bumblebee. This movie is actually a prequel, and it uh, follows Charlie, who is a uh, 17-year-old, and she finds a car. That's basically. Yep. <laughs> oh, and the military wants this car too. Yep. Yeah. And, and it uh, turns out it's a, it's a robot. Um, so I think the best, my personal way to describe this movie would be, um, it's like E.T. with Transformers. Oh yeah. And then um, slap on some, uh, like no. Nah, I don't think so. I think it's just E.T. with Transformers. It's yeah. like the best way to describe it. Uh, how I would describe this movie is, I would describe it more like the Iron Giant, but then again, we already, before this, we had a discussion how the Iron Giant is basically the same as E.T. So like, <laughs> it's basically like E.T. Uh, combined with the Iron Giant. But I really like the human elements too, because I think um, just the script was very, it was very, there was something very simple about this movie. It's just like yeah. very touching. Uh, the way you saw Charlie, um, <clears throat> Especially her backstory with like her dad and stuff. I thought that was really sad. How she's mm-hmm. just like working on this car, and then it's just like, oh, no, oh, no. she's like, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Oh, I'm just reminiscing about uh, this movie. Yeah, so yeah. basically, she like she's working on this car with her dad. And then her dad dies. And then she's still working on this car. 
mm-hmm. and then she meets Bumblebee. Yep. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I think what do we want to talk about here? Um. Well, first off, let's talk about the action because most Transformers fans come to Transformers movies for the action. Ah, uh, yes. And I have to say, this might be an unpopular opinion amongst Transformers fans, but I think this movie had the best action like in any Transformers movie, including like the animated ones, like two days, hmm. including the games, just like okay. by far. Well, I actually have a very similar opinion to you, and I think this is much more controversial among Transformers fans more so than movie fans, but mm-hmm. I think they sacrificed like hecticness and explosions mm-hmm. for like actually followable fights. Yeah. Like I and I realized this in my head when I was looking at the way Bumblebee fought and I went, this actually makes a lot of sense. Because he's such a he's like a very small guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like he of course he's a big like I think he's like like twelve feet tall or us, something. Yeah. <laughs> but like he's a very small guy and compared to the rest of the Transformers. Yeah. So like it, a fighter jet or something. Yeah, and, and it makes sense so that when he fights he ends up like grappling people. You know, like he's small but he's nimble. So, like, he can't just punch you. He has to, like, grab you and, like, flip you. Oh, and he yeah. actually does that a lot in this movie. Um, the only time he ever does a head-on collision, I don't think this is a spoiler because it's just, like, a little, like, cinematography thing. Mm-hmm. The only head-on collision, the, wow, I can't speak. The only head-on collision uh-huh. he does in the movie is when he turns into a car, revs his engine, goes in, then turns into a robot mid, like, mid-speed up and punches the guy in the face. Mm-hmm. And it makes yeah. sense because, like, if he's just a little robot and he tries to punch someone, it's not going to do anything. He's going to hurt his arm. Yeah. And then I, I also, another thing I really liked about the action was just, like, the cinematography, I think, like you said. Yeah. The cinematography like, was, I think, it, I, David Fincher does this a lot, where the camera would move with, like, the character. Mm-hmm. So as the character moves, camera moves so that the character wait, stays in the center. There's one scene in particular where that happens, where it's, yeah. like, Charlie running toward the camera, the camera's moving back, and the characters are, like, fighting, but their, their um, movements end up approaching Charlie. Yeah. And how I can best yeah. describe this is basically Travis Knight... I think this probably has to do because he's an animator, so he just uh-huh. really knows his like yeah. framing and stuff. But basically, like you never have to really move your eyes. Like your center of focus is—it's like a roller coaster. You just—you're always just looking in the center. Yep, and, and everything's then, like, happening around yeah, everything's you. Everything's happening around you. It's so yeah, cool. yeah. And um, let's talk about that opening scene real quick on yeah. Cybertron. The CGI in that scene—if if they made a Transformers movie just about that, I think that would be like a masterpiece. Yeah, I would. I would pay to see that movie. Yeah. Oh, I, I think this I don't is even a masterpiece, like, too. But. Hang on. Can I, I'm, I'm going to yeah. do, like, a little side tangent Oh, here. yeah, of course. I do not like the Transformers movies. Boo. Um, <laughs> but I like this movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, That's <laughs> actually what I got from, uh, what's it called, my brother, who he hates Transformers. He despises Michael Bay. Like, he, he truly despises him. But then he gave this movie a six. Yeah. In comparison, he gave every other Michael Bay movie a one. <laughs> like every all of them yeah Actually, well, I, I think mean, he said a zero so you like give him a zero yeah. I mean I would give um, oh, what's the second one called again the second uh, Transformers oh, movie Fall. I would give that movie a zero yeah that's, that's <laughs> that fair. movie was kind of bad not gonna lie hey, I, was, I fell asleep in that one and I'm a Transformers fan so yeah um, but like even then like I think the highest I'd give a Transformers movie aside from this movie is like a, a four for the first one yeah and like people always say the fourth one is really bad Mm-hmm. I actually watched it and like I could see why people thought it was bad but I personally didn't think oh, like I, people said yeah. like oh the jokes were like stupid and offensive I didn't think they were offensive I thought they were stupid but yeah. I, I have a really dumb sense of humor so I thought it was okay mm-hmm. give like a three maybe yeah. three or four I, I actually I liked the fourth one I just think it was really long that's that's my only gripe with yeah. that one and it was like clickbait it's really long they're like yeah. they're like this is gonna have dinosaurs but then they don't come until like two hours and twenty minutes in so well, that's also, clickbait the thing is I also might be a little bit biased because 
half the movie takes place in China. That was a big complaint about the movie, but I'm I'm Chinese. So like I was like, cool, China. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's kind of random actually. Not gonna. Yeah. Okay, sorry, side tangent. Um, right, back to Bumblebee. Um, where were we? Um, I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna like praise Travis Knight a little bit. He also oh, made yeah. um he made a, like most of the Leica movies. He like either produced them or directed them. Yeah, and he's um, the CEO of Leica too. Is he the CEO? Yeah. Okay. Founder and CEO. Okay, well he he did Kubo and the Two Strings, and that movie's pretty pretty great. Mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. I still um, have not seen it yet, Theo. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I will well, see it soon. You saw Bumblebee. And oh, yeah, you think Bumblebee's true. good. So, like, mm-hmm. then you know. Um, anyway, should we move on? What, what's next? Um, oh, yeah. So, let's see. Final verdicts on this movie. Oh, we're on final verdicts already? Oh, wait, no, no, no. E.T. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> this movie is a lot like E.T. It is. And I also there's like, also a part where it's almost exactly like the Iron Giants. Except for one thing. So, you know the part I'm talking about where he starts, like, his eyes literally turn red, like an mm-hmm. Iron Giant, and it just starts blowing up the army guys? Yeah. Oh. But okay. Then, I need to go back, but I just finish the E.T. part, and then before the final verdict, just, I'm going to say something. Okay. Just let me know. <clears throat> well, basically, in this part, I think, uh, it's called Charlie runs in front of him at the end. He's like, hey, don't you recognize me? Like, B. And then she does rec- he does recognize her. But then, like, he doesn't acknowledge that he did anything bad. And the movie doesn't acknowledge that. Like, blowing up the army people is bad. And then, even though this would have been a direct copy of the Iron Giants, I would have, like, liked something where, like, Charlie says, like, B, we don't kill humans or something. Or, like, we don't harm the humans. Because, like, there's a rule in, like, Transformers lore that, like, the Autobots, what separates them from the Decepticons is they don't harm the humans. Yeah. So I thought this would be, like, the perfect moment to, like, have that yeah, that actually would have been really smart. Yeah, like, then, like it literally would have been a. Copy it would have been like Iron crazy Giants. fan service. Too. But yeah, it would have been because like all the fans would be oh, like, "Yeah, that's would have been that's so sad." Uh, but then again, also oh. fans don't like this movie, so yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, uh, segues. By the way, um, a lot of fans did not like this movie, from oh, what yeah. I could tell. I've talked to like multiple Transformers fans, mm-hmm. and they don't like this movie. Um. Um. And uh, sorry, but like as J- Jared, as a as a Transformers fan yourself, as someone who genuinely likes the first Transformers movie. Like, oh, I like I like four out of the five. So <laughs> yeah, someone who likes four actually, out three of, out of the five. Wait, which wait, of the no, two no, no. you don't? Four out of five. <laughs> yeah, as someone who likes yeah. four out of five of the Transformers movies, movies that are critically panned. Yeah, like why modish. do you think? Why do you think people who's watching Bumblebee, which is consistently like a three or four out of five movie? Yeah. Why do they think it's so bad? Um, here's my biggest take on. First off, we have to take we have to think about. Like, who are the fans of Transformers? I'm, I'm not hating on the fan base at all. Like, I'm a firm believer of you don't have to have, like, a critic tell you what to like, right? Yeah. Like, you can just wa- you can watch what you like to watch. And then if I enjoy it, I'm just going to enjoy it. I don't need somebody else to tell me what I like. Mm-hmm. But then also the thing is um, a lot of the fans of the Transformers were, like, very action fans. Like, yeah. we, we like stuff like G.I. Joe. We like Terminator. We like all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And then this movie even though we said the action was very good, it doesn't, like, have a lot of action. Yeah, it's really sparse. I, I'd actually and say it's never too almost, big scale. like, aside from the beginning scene and the end scene, there's, like, almost no action. Yeah. Like, it's, well, like, theaters Once again, it's off. like E.T., there's a lot more other stuff it, than yeah, action. Yeah, it's, um, it's way more focused on the characters. And then these characters, they're not, like, they're not, like, really funny or anything. Except for one, John Cena. Oh, yeah. John Cena is, like, hilarious. <gasps> But, like, yeah. if you think about the main characters, they're just pretty serious, right? They're uh-huh. not really too funny. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're, so I, yeah. I think I think people 
because the the Transformers movies are really popcorn films. Yep. And then if you're going to Bumblebee expecting a popcorn film, you're not gonna not gonna really get that. You're gonna get more of like a heartfelt emotional journey. Yeah, you said it was more like a Sundance film yeah, was, than like a blockbuster. Almost. Yeah, it was like it was very Sundancey. It was very. Um, let me. What what's the film out? Oh, Edge of Seventeen. This film is a lot like Edge of Seventeen. Mm-hmm. If I was compared to a movie, and then. I can guarantee you fans of Edge of 17 are, like, the complete opposite of fans of Transformers. Uh-huh. Like, Ed- Edge of 17 is probably, like, teenage girls. Transformers <laughs> is, like, teenage boys. So it's, yeah. like, literally two people who, like, hate each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, uh, uh, that's my take oh, on man. this movie. Okay. All right. That's, that's pretty well spoken. All right. My computer died, but uh, I think it's time for final verdicts. Um, or, sh- actually, I forgot to add one else. small detail. Um... Bumblebees, like, or, well, first off, so, like, the uh, the Cybertron um, sort of, like, world building. It's not even mm-hmm. world building, really. It's just, like, a one shot of the place. Makes it look oh, amazing. Oh, the shot when the building was collapsing and exploding. Yeah. And then they were flying away. That was so like, cool. I'm just going to say that there, I don't know who was in charge of redesigns for this movie, but whoever was in charge of redesigns, like, mad props. Mm-hmm. Bumblebee looks amazing in this movie. I didn't oh, know yeah. it was possible to make a giant... Not giant. I guess he's kind of small compared to the others. That makes him more Same adorable. Cute robot. But like, I don't know how you made a twelve, like a twelve foot, like robot with guns and all this stuff look so cute. He looks yeah, so yeah. dang like his adorable. eyes. It's just like his <laughs> eyes are like big, like oh. beady, like glowing blue eyes, and he's like, and he, I don't know how, but they made him have eyebrows. Because he, oh, when yeah. he looks sad, like his eyelids kind of tilt, and his like little, his whole face kind of just oh. droops. And like, and then when uh, when Jimmy Steinfeld so gives crazy. him a hug, it's so sad. It's actually crazy. I, it's just mad props to whoever was in charge of designs. Like, this is such a glow up. I'm not yeah. sure if, like, if, if you look at Bumblebee in Transformers One and Bumblebee in this movie, it's like, there's no competition. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's crazy. Because I I think the old designs they were cool, but they definitely weren't like cute or anything. Yeah, and like they like, didn't. They look kind of ugly, to be fair. Yeah, they don't like they they definitely do their job. You can they're recognizable. Yeah. And they look cool. They do they look totally badass. But uh, Yeah. But like I just think in this movie like they they yeah. took it to the extreme. Like they were like Bumblebee is like a small fighting robot guy, so we're going to make him like cute. And then mm-hmm. um like the Decepticons like they show a lot more emotion because their facial animation is a lot more like precise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's a lot like totally. sharper. Um what else? Optimus Prime's redesign. I actually really like his redesign too. Oh yeah, it looked like the it looked like the original. Yeah, he looks a lot more like the original. It looks like Optimus. the toy, dude. Yeah, and but without he looks a lot more like the toy without looking like cheesy and plasticky. Yeah, I think I think they managed to pull that off. He really still looks well. really epic. Yeah, and um, Cybertron. I, I already mentioned it, mm-hmm. but it looks way more alive. Oh yeah, and I know it's like machines, but like it just it feels like a like a, a place that's inhabited. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like a breathing place. Yeah, more so than just like kind of gray. It was very, uh, I think, because the first Cybertron designs, you could mistake that for, like, a scene out of, like, Alien or, like, Terminator mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. But so this one was not very bad, distinct. But, yeah, this one is very, very distinct. It's it's just Transformers. It just screams Transformers yeah. and nothing else. Um, oh, I forgot. A th- okay, sorry. One more detail before the final verdict. Uh, John Cena was, like, actually hilarious. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, okay, you can hate me um, all you want. Or, like, you can hate him all you want. Um, you can think I'm really dumb for thinking he's funny because his jokes are, like, really stupid. Yeah. I don't know. I was I was eating it up. I thought it was just, like, it was the dumbest thing ever, but it was just so funny to me. <laughs> How I can describe him is he's basically, like, 
this might sound bad, but it's not. Trust me, it's not. He's basically the stereotypical like man. Yeah, but like <laughs> he's just like that. He's like that guy yeah. who like screams beer and like yeah. starts chugging beer. But like it's funny because it's so tongue in cheek. Like yeah. it, it's not the joke. Isn't like ha ha. He's like so masculine and goofy. The joke is like ha ha. He doesn't even know how goofy he's being. Yeah. But like he like the actor knows, but the character doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's like this very like it's like ironic. It makes it funny. Yeah. <laughs> and also like remember the part I, they're like. Uh, what's called the the military minor re- spoilers. This is like, this is like the best joke in the whole movie. Minor <laughs> spoilers, sure. <laughs> the military, they're like wondering, like, oh, should we trust these like Decepticons? Like, I don't know. They say they're peacekeepers, and it's like, dude, they're literally called Decepticons. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh my goodness. It's like, but I don't know why that joke got me, but it's just so stupid because it's like it's so self-aware. Yeah, <laughs> it's so self-aware. It's kind of just like poking at. Because he's like kind of a common sense man, right? Yeah. Like he has common sense, so he's kind of just like poking on how the the whole premise is kind of just like crazy. Yeah. But then like the man of common sense, John Cena, is like, dude, <laughs> like. Yeah. It just, just everything about it is oh. so um, out of left field. It it works. Oh, so. That's good. all I can say. It just works. Ah. Uh, okay. Sorry, that's it. Final verdicts. <laughs> uh, um, t- ten out of ten, easily. Ten out of ten, yeah, easily. From Jared. By far, this movie actually made me like adjust my ratings for the other Transformers movies. Are you sure you can give it a 10, though? Okay. Because at first, I gave the first Transformers movie a 9. In comparison to this, I lowered that to a 7. So that's mm. that's just how amazing this movie is, like, compared to even the other Transformers okay. movies. Well, um, how about this? Do you want to do a, uh, like, a sort of, like, an objective, more, like, technical, critic brain side of it rating and a uh, personal rating? Oh, yeah, yeah. And kind of, like, give it a better, <clears throat> give it a better idea, right? Yeah, so, that's, that's at least fair. for you, because I feel like for movies like these that are very um, subjective, like movies that like appeal to your tastes, I feel like uh-huh. you always need to do that. You need to go like, okay, from an objective standpoint, from like some random person looking at it, they'd probably give it like this. But then me personally, I'd give it this. So what do you think? So for the objective rating, I think I th- I'd say an eight out of ten, like a solid B, because that, okay. that's what like that's what most critics say, and that's what most people I would talk to was, would say about this movie. Like, so it was an a eight very out of ten movie. is in a solid B. Yeah, but like. In our scale, a five out of ten is average, and that's an F. Five out of ten is. Oh yeah, so I would make that. I'll still make it an eight out of ten, but then that would be like an A minus, I guess. Yeah, it's more like an A minus. Yeah, like A minus. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, as much as I was praising this movie, I do have a lot of problems with it. It plays yeah. it too safe. Oh, I, I definitely agree um, with that. Well, I don't know about too safe, but I would agree that it is. It's a very safe movie. Yeah. It. It like as as much as we kind of like brushed over it, the fact that it just took so many plot points from E.T., including themes, mm-hmm. and kind of like released it twenty years later, it I can't get over that. It's like it bugs me a little. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as that, the movie I definitely see why um, non Transformers fans don't like it because it goes mm-hmm. for heart, but yeah. even when it's going for the heart, it never quite hits the peak. It never feels like. You never feel like your heart wrenching, you know? Like, Charlie as a character is great and all, mm-hmm. but, like, her motivations just never feel strong enough. You never feel the connection to her father that she does. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you feel slightly disconnected. And I'm saying this because even though I'm just praising this movie, I can only really give it, like, a 6, 6 out of 10. Maybe 6.5. Mm-hmm. Um, but unlike Aquaman, which I was, like, objective 4 out of 10, but personal enjoyment, like, a 7 or 8. I forget exactly what I said. Yeah. For this one, it's more like a, um, on a technical standpoint, if 
this was the first Transformers movie and not the sixth in the series. Uh-huh. And if this wasn't just like a rehash of E.T., if E.T. and the Android didn't exist, I could probably easily give this movie like an eight or a nine. Mm-hmm. Because the technical standpoint, stand, I can't speak. The technical like aspects of this movie are actually really, really good. Oh, yeah. Like it's a very simple concept, but Travis Knight and his team, they just did it like a fantastic yeah. job. Like I feel like if you had the same script, but then give it to like say Michael Bay even. <laughs> yeah, it would <laughs> like it would have been like it would have been horrible. As bad, if not worse, than other Transformers movies. Mm-hmm. But then the fact that they had Travis Knight and uh I think the heart it mostly comes from uh not necessarily her relationship with her father, but that combined with Bumblebee. Like she loses her father, so she needs someone else in her life, right? Mm-hmm. And, and no then, one's no one's there for her. Yeah, cuz basically she's a loner in this movie. Yeah. But then she learns to like she learns to have not just Bumblebee, but like she has the other guy, and then she has like her family, like they all come together in the end, and then yeah. it's really like it's like a message about like family, but it's not like hammered in if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a lot yeah. more subtle. And then when Bumblebee, okay, can I say this? Sure. All right. Spoiler alert: Bumblebee leaves in the end, and then it's yeah. so sad. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> that scene wasn't very sad to me. Oh, I thought it was just kind of so funny. Sad. They played it off for jokes. Anyway, oh. I think that's enough for Bumblebee. All right, yeah. uh, let's just talk serious. about how this adds up in the Transformers universe. Personally, I don't know. It's too different from the rest of the Transformers yeah, movies this, to say um, anything. It's just so different. The, I think in terms of... I, I Actually, I think this might be why some Transformers fans did not like this movie. It just... It literally does not follow anything in Transformers canon. We're not Transformers canon, but the Bayverse canon. Yeah. Like, in Transformers The Last Nights, we get a flashback of Transformers fighting Nazis in World War II. So mm-hmm. how can we be fighting Nazis in World War II if he came to Earth in, like, 1987? Yeah. So, like, and then also in the end, we get the arrival to Earth scene mm-hmm. with all the people coming in. But then why did they, how is this happening now? But it also happens in 2007. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it just, a lot of parts in this movie just don't make sense in the universe. So what I'm thinking is, what if they just like, I don't know, like do something like they did in X Men. Remember in X Men: Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. where they just did a total like, they combined the old canon or the old timeline with the new timeline. Yeah. And then some like weird time travel thing, like it would be weird. But then if they some if they did that with the old canon with, oh, what's it called this timeline, I feel like that. Okay. And then just continued the universe in the eighties. Huh. Okay, I'm like not sure how many people actually care about the world building in Transformers. I guess I'm just not, like, I don't understand. I guess. But for me, at least, I don't think the problem is the uh, how it fits in the canon. Mm-hmm. I personally think the problem is how the themes of this movie clash with the themes of the other Transformers movies. It's yeah. just too different. Like, you can't go from, like, action-packed, like, all the characters are kind of just, like, there for jokes and, like, keep the tone light and just, like, huge stakes, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to win in the end, to, like, a small stakes, heartfelt, sort of, like, all maintained in, like, a small town story. Yeah, it's just too different. Like what? To build off what you're saying, if they made like a Transformers straight up Transformers six or Transformers seven, mm-hmm. then I feel like Bumblebee would literally have no effect on that movie. Yeah, like fans of Bumblebee like probably wouldn't even care for the new. Yeah, they wouldn't movie. even watch it. They'd be. But like, I do think if they did make like if they continue the timeline from here, and mm-hmm. made like a Bumblebee two or something, or made like an Optimus Prime movie, but it takes place like right after the events of Bumblebee. And then say they get Travis Knight back, and then yeah. they just keep on continuing the timeline from here, and then like either completely reboot it or do like X Men style like time travel thing. But I think that'll mm-hmm. be really cool. 
Okay, yeah. personally, I just go for the reset button. Just yeah. like start from scratch. But and definitely get Travis Knight back. Yeah, he should be there, man. He's. I feel like he was playing it too safe. I I have yeah. a feeling, if he went again, he would go in. He would, he would rock it. He would kill yeah. it. Because I think they were probably just giving him like, like we don't want to go full in just to make sure that. Yeah, I feel like they were definitely yeah. trying to be a bit more cautious, and you can feel it. Like they just don't go all in. But now they know he he knows the stuff, so now they can make like an excellent sequel. Yeah. All right, and I think that is a good transition into Spider-Man into Spider-Man. the Spider-Man. All right, so now it's time to talk about the movie here, okay? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Now you might be thinking, wow, Theo, why are you so hyped over a PG animated movie by the guys who made the Emoji movie? Well, um, you're wrong (laughs) because this movie is actually kind of amazing, Mm. okay? Yes. And um, after I hyped it up this much, I think the first thing I want to say is right here, right now, I'm going to try my best to not spoil this movie and give my final verdict, and then I'm going to spoil the crap out of it. Mm, sounds like a good plan. All right. First so, thing uh, I have to say is, this movie is directed by, or not directed, it's produced by Lord and Miller. Yeah! So, imagine if they got Lord and Miller to make the Emoji movie. Like, it could have actually been a masterpiece. Yeah, it could have been pretty good. <laughs> it would have been solid. Because you know what they made? Uh, the Lego movie. Yeah, the Lego movie. And the Lego movie could have easily just been as bad as the Emoji movie, except I feel like they, they, they amplified it. They made it good. Yeah, wait, guys. Imagine an alternate universe where Spider Verse was directed by the Emoji Movie people, <laughs> and the Emoji Movie is directed by Lord and Miller, and then it's just like Inside Out, and it's just like a masterpiece. All right, that's a weird well, thought experiment. Let's get back to the real world. <laughs> I actually think that's a really um, interesting thought experiment, considering the Spider Verse tackles, you know, parallel universes. Oh yeah, that is true. Very good transition. Yeah, and um, I just want to say that was totally for Lord and Miller. <laughs> yeah. For Lord and Miller, it's like uh. The way they tackle the alternate universe is funny because they kind of like randomly referenced a super old project of theirs called Cologne High. Uh-huh. And it was like this MTV show from like 2004. And it was like an animated show. And it got canned after one season. And I actually saw it because it's like it's all pirated on YouTube mm-hmm. right now. And I, I kind of watch it. It's actually really funny. Like that's where their humor kind of started. Uh-huh. And um, they actually so they made a started off the animation it. then. Was that their first? No. Oh. That wasn't their first. I actually don't know. All I know is they kind of made that show, and it like went on for like mm. twelve episodes, and um, it's kind of vulgar. Of course, it's an MTV animated show, uh, but it's yeah. funny. And um, they actually reference it in this movie at one point because there's a billboard in like the New York of Miles's universe mm-hmm. called Clone College, the movie. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I just thought that was funny because that's like such an obscure reference. Um, uh, All right, yeah. I think the best way to probably start this is let's talk about the characters because this movie is very. Character oh yeah, movie. yeah. All so, right. main character Miles. Yeah, start Miles, with Miles Morales. Miles is um very different from how he was originally treated because before he was mm-hmm. always just like Black Peter Parker. Yeah, but in this movie, he's very much his own type of guy. Instead mm-hmm. of, uh, I I told myself I didn't want to spoil too much, but it's okay. In the original, right? Like um, in the original Spider-Man that we know, Peter Parker, yeah. he gets these powers, and his first instinct is. I can use this, right, to help people after mm-hmm. Uncle Ben dies and, like, kind of, like, embraces the powers. Yeah. But Miles is a little more skeptical. He's, like, kind of afraid. He doesn't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. He's a lot younger than Peter Parker. He's scared, and he has, like... But he's scared, but he's not whiny about it to the point where the audience can't stand it. Mm-hmm. 
it's like a very good balance. Yeah, I think it's actually kind of endearing. It's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like Bumblebee in the beginning. Bumblebee's mm-hmm. like scared because he's like kind of lost, mm-hmm. and then this is a different kind of scared, but it's more like he doesn't know what's happening to him. Yeah. So, I think this is a very interesting dynamic of Peter, which we're not Peter, <laughs> of Spider Man, oh, yeah, which you don't see like explored. Or yeah. In cinema. Uh huh. Um, next character, I guess. Uh, there's just too many characters in this movie. Uh, Peter Parker. Yeah. Dude, Peter Parker is amazing. Peter Parker is. He. He's I like, really. I don't know what to say. It's so hard to explain his character. Yeah. So he's older. He's a lot older. He's like in. He's middle-aged Peter Parker. He's like a bum. He walks around in sweatpants. Uh. Oh wait. Oh one one thing. There is actually there's two Peter Parkers in this movie. Right. But one of the, one of them is like the perfect version. He's like he literally one has like is, golden yeah, hair, like young Parker with blue hair. Yeah. Or sorry, blue <laughs> blue <laughs> eyes, blonde hair. Oh. Um, and he's like he's living the dream. Yeah. He's he, like a, he's at peak performance. He's like 26. Yeah. I think he's at 10 years. Everybody yeah. loves him. He's like the hero. And, um, yeah. And then there's this Peter Parker we know who we'll just refer to as Peter B. Mm-hmm. Parker, like how they refer to him in the uh, in the movie. Yeah. And um, he is past his prime. Yeah. He's been Spider-Man for 15 years longer than the other Spider-Man. He's getting bored of it. Mm-hmm. He's um, he's a lot more similar in canon to the um, the Sam Raimi Peter Parker, mm-hmm. where just the entire world hates him. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he kind of just sucks to be Spider-Man. And that's another thing. Sorry. Um, this movie is, like, very aware of the Sam Raimi films. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're similar to us and grew up watching Sam Raimi's Spider-Man oh, yeah. trilogy and that's your idea of Spider-Man, I think you should really like this movie, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, without if they just disregarded the other Spider-Man movies, I I don't think I would have enjoyed this movie nearly mm-hmm. as much. But, well, they definitely, f- they kind of just forgot about um, Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield, but it uh, makes yeah. sense. Well, they did reference Andrew Garfield, remember? Like, yeah. there's some slides of him fighting lizards and stuff. yeah. But, uh, um, but no, this this pays so much homage to um, the Raimi trilogy. Yeah, yeah. And, especially um, his relationship with Mary Jane. Yeah. Which is, oh, the relationships which, or like the what's it called, the transformation which Peter goes through, as mm-hmm. like when he comes to, this. Okay, so, the Peter Parker we know, who's like old and like a bum, he's from like a different universe. And then when he comes to this universe, the Peter Parker here is dead, right? And then like. People kind of expect him to be like this awesome person, but then like inside he's still like a bum. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, that's kind of a spoiler. Is, is it? it? No, no. It happens very early in the movie. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And then, I don't know. I just I think it's really cool how like it has this message about like living up to expectations. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really deep. Yeah. Oh, like for Miles, you mean? For Miles and for Peter, because remember he's trying to live up to these. It's like a parallel, right? Because Miles is trying to live up to be Spider-Man. And then Peter Parker is also... Peter B. Parker is trying to live up to be, like... How people see Spider-Man. He see, like, the perfect Spider-Man. But That's then he's, true. like, far from perfect. Yeah. So... Well... It's so sad. It's almost like... Uh, another critic said this. I'm just going to copy everyone right now. Yeah. But it was... Um, this movie perfectly encapsulates the idea of a boy learning to be a hero from a mentor who forgot how to be one. Yeah. Because <laughs> this new... Pe- the, the Peter B. Parker that we know, he's he's gone through a lot, right? His mm-hmm. life, it was not going too hot. And, like, I feel like at one point he was the idealized version of Peter yeah, Parker. Yeah. But life just got him down after a while. And uh, he kind of forgot what it meant to, like, mm-hmm. 
be a hero. Yeah. And that's really, it, it hits. It I, I really liked how, what's it called, the explorer, like, order Peter Parker. Because what defines Spider-Man is, like, a guy who just, like, he has a lot of hard times, right? Like, yeah. he loses his uncle. Like, Actually. Gwen Stacy dies in that Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. But then in this, like, they take it to the extreme. Like, he's literally just a bum who has, like, nothing. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's almost so like sad. his willpower finally wore out. It's like it's yeah. like the middle of Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Except, like, he stays that way. There's no third yeah. act. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah. So, wait, would this be... Actually, no, this would be spoilers. Okay. We'll yeah. worry about spoilers later. Oh, I want to talk about this part. Okay. No, just, just keep remembering yeah. it. Okay? okay? We're just going to go fast. Yeah. Speed round. Um, uh, let's just talk about characters in bulk. Um, family characters. Mom, dad, uncle, whatever. Very good. They're good really acting. good. The, the voice actors behind them are amazing. Like, mm-hmm. literally, like, actually amazing. They're not even main characters, and their voice actors are, like, killing it. I like the the sad scene with his father. Yeah. Miles' father. Yeah. To clarify. Um, um, let's see. It's not sad. I'd say it's more touching than sad. Yeah. Because it's... Yeah. It's just... It's just... It's very heartfelt. Yeah. Um, and um, this movie is also... Let's see. Oh, yeah. All the spider people. There's this, like, uh, huge recurring theme within the movie that there can be anyone under that mask. All it takes to be a superhero is, as Stan Lee put it, right, like, mm-hmm. someone who wants to help other people without, with no regard for, like, helping themselves as well yeah. is all you need to be a superhero. I, I paraphrase that a lot, but you can look it up. That's mm-hmm. a Stan Lee quote. Um, and I think he very much got that quote because of Spider-Man. Mm. And, um, oh, yeah, Stan Lee has a cameo in this movie. It's amazing. Um, oh. Let's see, uh, Nicholas Cage, dude. Nicholas Cage is in he this was movie like, too. He was one of my favorite Spider Mans. Uh, John Mulaney <laughs> was in this. Okay, the voice, the voice talent is like we don't need to talk about. It. Just literally go to whatever Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb. Yeah. Look at the voice talent. It's good. Okay, we don't need this. We don't need to all clarify. of the Spider Mans are very. Uh, they're all they're all fan favorites. Like normally, one in every movie, just like one or two fan favorite characters. In this movie, every Spider Man is like. Yeah, I've seen people like popular. every. I've seen people even. Okay, I've I've even seen people out. like be fans of Penny Parker, who is like a like the anime oh, yeah. alternate universe of Spider Man. I was like a huge she, fan. She doesn't yeah. even do anything in this movie, and people yeah. are a fan of her. Like literally, like <laughs> everyone in this movie is, has a fan. Yeah, it's like, kind of cool. There's something for everybody. Yeah, there's something for everybody. Um. Okay, I think I think. Oh wait, we, we can't, okay. We can't stop. We can't stop talking about this movie until we talk about the animation. Oh yeah, um, it's kind of uh, amazing, in my opinion. It is definitely the most unique looking animation I've seen since like. I don't know. It's, it's just tough. It's I think ever. Since, like, <laughs> like I don't even. Wait. I think Coraline. I think Coraline wait. was like the closest thing to like but isn't crazy that stop motion. Yeah, it's it's that's why I made, that's why I yeah. said it's experimental. It's like the first, like puppetry stop motion fully. Full this is like film. the biggest breakthrough we've had since like stop motion, or the biggest not not breakthrough, but the biggest creative like experiment. Yeah, yeah. I guess okay, fine. In terms of CGI, this is like the first crazy CGI improvement thing. Oh, since, by like, far, since like Toy Story. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah when I don't know. CGI was invented, yeah, <laughs> or like, like these animations. It's <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's. I do have to say though, um, there are some. There are some people who I know who have had issues with the frame rate. Yeah. Because, for uh, to be clear, I had I had no issue with this. I thought it was a fantastic, fantastic movie. I really loved everything about it. But 
Like, I know some people who, after the movie ended, they're just like, oh, I'm going to throw up. Like, <laughs> the frame rate was just too weird. And then I was like, okay, I disagree with you, but I can I can see how someone could see that. Hmm. Because it is, like, a lot happening on the screen. Yeah. Especially in the climax. Okay. So, for me at least, I think the, uh, the frame rate is actually kind of interesting. I think mm-hmm. it looks janky, but it's yeah. done on purpose. I think it oh, was definitely. like a... Comic books, right? They're mm-hmm. always very state, like they're still, they're still frames. Mm-hmm. Sure, if you could feel like there's movement because you kind of show like one frame and then a frame next to it, 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 and like multiple actions are happening and there's like motion lines and all this stuff to like implies action, but it's not like flowing like animation. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> they actually try to capture the same sort of like implied motion with the style of animation. It's not smooth. Oh, it's definitely. jittery. It's there's cut frames like there's imperfections like you do in 2d animation where you cut frames in order to like save on time drawing out every individual yeah. frame um they like purposely make it look more janky mm-hmm. in order to amplify what it's trying to replicate definitely i think this is by far the closest thing we've got to like a truly what's it called like a true cinema adaptation of like a comic book. Yeah. Like it, it, it feels like a comic book. Mm-hmm. And the, what's it called? Can we talk about the climax? Like Shh. the animation in that. I think that was, it was very, very eye popping, but I was a little bit dizzy when I was walking out. Really? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Okay. I thought it was just, it was very like, I don't know any other movies which made me feel like that, except for like Michael Bay films. Uh, I had no but problem like, with the ending. I think. Oh no no! no. I, I'm I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying oh, it was no. kind of cool. Yeah, but like even <laughs> even in terms of like dizziness, I was very or, like, dizzy when I walked out of the theater. I, don't know. I, I personally could tell what was going on yeah. because um the designs in this movie I keep talking about animation here. Mm-hmm. They're like very striking. Like you know who's who even oh, yeah, from afar. Extremely. Like even the six spider people, all are very distinct. Spider Gwen has like a completely different color scheme. Yeah. Same with um, Spider Noir because you know he's in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like they're all very different. Their color schemes yeah. are all different, or not all different, but some of their color schemes are different. Their designs are very different. Um, main villain Kingpin, by the way. Oh yeah, very what you, striking. What do you design. think about um, Kingpin as a villain? Okay, I think he was solid. He wasn't amazing. Yeah, but he was. He definitely was good enough. Like, I never felt like wow they like. They really cut it short on the villain. Yeah, I, I heard a lot of bad things about him from critics before I went into this movie. But then I actually, like, disagree with most of them because I think that he was actually pretty solid. Yeah, I didn't think he was that bad. Like, yeah. people, yeah, th- what was the complaint again? Like, he's just straight up evil. People said, like, yeah, he's just an like, evil man. And then, like, he's very, people said he was weak, which I didn't really get. Like, he <laughs> felt like he, he was very strong. intimidating on screen. He was terrifying. <laughs> okay, the way they animate him, when he walks into a frame, like his black suit, it just it literally takes like up the fills frame. up like ninety percent of the blackness. frame. It's yeah. very intimidating. And he has the pen, he just clicks. Okay, I don't, I don't. Okay, I actually don't understand what people mean because I was in a theater and there were kids in there. When yeah. Kingpin did something messed up, people screamed. There were like little <laughs> kids screaming in my theater. Oh yeah, that's like, terrifying. He was, he's probably one of the scariest like animated villains. Like that. Mm, that's kind of rough. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say he's terrifying. I'd say he's very intimidating. Not yeah, not I don't mean as in like what's it called? Like not Tim Burton stuff, like creepy, mm-hmm. but like in terms of like a very powerful villain in animation. Shh. He's definitely one of like the Sure, yeah. He definitely yeah. feels 
there's a lot of tension because his strength, I think. Yeah. Right? Like, like, like physical, like, yeah. he's very strong. He, like, literally smashes people's uh-huh. heads. And as for people saying, like, he's just straight up evil, kind of a spoiler, but his own insecurities mm-hmm. end up being his downfall at one point Which in the movie. Which is kind of cool. It's like Citizen Kane. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to over-explain it, but, like. We can talk about that in the spoiler. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler section. section. Um... But is yeah, I just said it very vague. Any yeah. other characters which are missing? I don't think that's important at this point. I think yeah. that's all. I think we're good. Characters. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's um, get into uh, final verdict. Yeah, let's or? do like quote unquote final verdict. Yeah. There'll Quick be a spoiler verdict. section after this, but I think this movie is best watched when you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um. So for me, animation that's unique, stylized, and interesting. Mm-hmm. A heartfelt dialogue, amazing <laughs> yeah. voice acting. The soundtrack killed it. I actually love the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I forgot to talk about it. I actually really, really like the soundtrack. Um, if you don't like hip hop, you might not like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't like normie hip hop, you might not like it either. Well, I don't. I don't like hip hop per se, but I thought the soundtrack was very good. So, um, gosh, what what else is there? It's, I don't know. Basically, I'm I'm gonna give it two two ratings here. So on a objective rating. Mm-hmm. Give it like a uh, eight point five. I can't think of between eight and a nine. I feel like a nine is a little generous. Yeah. An eight is, but an eight is like an A minus. No, this is an A minus. It's like an A. Mm-hmm. So solid. it's like eight point five. Um, very solid. It has some flaws with its story. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say like there are definitely some moments that are like they're meant to be surprising and then they don't really hit as hard as they should. Stuff like that. Um, and of course there's a problem that some people have with the frame rate which I personally mm-hmm. never saw a problem with I actually thought it was like very endearing how they made it slightly janky in order to like play homage to uh, like another yeah. form of medium media mm-hmm. um, personal rating 10 out of 10 hands down hmm. nice. I, I basically agree with you I'll give it like a 9 out of 10 on personal rating and then I'll, also, I'll give it a 9 also for the What's it called? Like objective rating. Objective I guess. rating. Objective yeah. is in quotes. No review is objective, of course. We yeah. know that. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think it was. It's not a perfect movie, but I think it's still a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. If that yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I think that. I think that's why personal ten out of ten means like I'm not saying it's the best movie of all time. I'm not saying it's flawless, but I'm saying for me, yeah. it was like mm-hmm. my perfect movie. It was like mm-hmm. it had everything I could ever want in a movie. So now we're gonna talk about some spoilers. Yeah. Um. So, I feel like it's, we can't really do this movie justice without spoilers, but I promise you this movie is, like, so much better if you go into it knowing as little as possible. Mm -hmm. So, if you want to see this movie, highly recommend you go check it out. I think it's still playing in theaters, actually. Yep. I think you have a little bit of time left, Um, depending on when this comes out. See it on the biggest screen possible. It's a very epic movie. All right. So, let's get started. Um, uh, let's see. I think I'm going to talk about, like, one motif in this movie, and that's, like, loss. Like, mm-hmm. this movie just does not want to pull punches on you. So, um, it, like, every... There's, like, a three-act structure, right? Like, most movies yeah. have this three-act structure. structure. This one is no different. And um, I think every act, there is a loss, right? Mm-hmm. So, in the first act, there's the loss of Peter Parker, the uh, the cool the cool one. Oh, yeah. Um, and then in the second act, there's a loss of Miles' uncle, who's also mm-hmm. the... Uh, what's it called? Yeah, the Prowler. Yeah, the Prowler. And then in the third act, they kind of like, they just killed off like a mech, which is like kind of stupid, but I can see what they're going for. I think they just wanted to keep it consistent. 
Um, but um, Penny Parker's mech dies, like the the robot. Mm. Uh, and I personally really liked the first two. I think the last death was like really stupid. Yeah, I think I think they're trying to go for like a comedy effect though with that one. You, <laughs> I've actually heard this too. I've heard people <laughs> say like, oh, it's like because she's like an anime character. Yeah. So they're making fun of like over the top anime deaths that don't mean anything. I, I think they actually <laughs> meant it to be sad. Oh. I think it was just like out of left field and didn't really make us sad. But I think, yeah. I think you do get some attempt. good like memeable content from that though. Like top ten anime deaths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. Um, I, I don't know. I do like how ones? they. I do like how like you set up the motif of loss. How they mm-hmm. kind of there was a big what's it called like a big revelation moment at the end where they all the Spider-Man say how like they are defined by their losses. Yeah. Which really, it's like, it's very cliche and generic. We're not generic. It's very cliche, but that is like literally what Spider-Man is. Yep. So this movie understands Spider-Man super well. Yeah, for sure. Like everyone has someone they lose and mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Frankly, I don't really want to see Uncle Ben die for like the fifth time. Yeah. So it's really cool to see Uncle Aaron die instead, mm-hmm. which is... um. Miles' uncle. Or Uncle Benjamin <laughs> from the Nicolas Cage noir era. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, there's spoilers. Like, I feel like I shouldn't really worry about spoilers, but I just want to talk about like certain scenes, I guess, and scenes mm-hmm. that may be spoilers. The twist that um, Uncle Aaron is the Prowler, I heard people saw that coming. I'm not sure about you, but I did. I came into it not knowing who he was, mm-hmm. and I did not see it, I did not see it coming. I was very surprised by the twist that he was the prowler, but I, I like I suspected that the uncle might be like evil. Or not no, not evil, but like there's more to him than it seems on the surface. Mm. But I even even that said, I had no idea that he was like the prowler. When that uh, moment came, I was just like, Oh, what the Yeah. <laughs> and was, I, I'd personally argue that yeah. regardless of if he saw it coming or not, it doesn't like take away from the impact of that scene. Mm-hmm. And um the prowler's theme, I'm not sure if you've heard it, but it's also like it just sounds like it actually works, and it's kind of like a, you know what I mean? It's like very um wubby. It's it, mm-hmm. it sounds a lot like a uh, a uh, Hans Zimmer style track. Oh yeah, 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 I feel you. And I usually hate those, but for the Prowler, I think it worked mm-hmm. because it's just like when you he finally got revealed, Miles is like panicking, and the music just goes like, brr. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't I can't describe. <laughs> it's like brr, and it's like it's it's, it's very like tense. It's very tense. I think that's a good word. I think the the what's it called? The selection of villains in this movie, they were all pretty strong. Mm. Like from the what's it called? From the main villain to the prowler and then uh another like minor spoiler, there's Doc Ock in this movie. Yeah, it's like a weird Yeah, except oh yeah, her female, her, Doc her, Ock. Uh, her uh, reveal, I actually it's funny enough because a lot of people said they didn't see that one coming, but yeah. I like 100% saw that coming. Like there was something very wrong with her. Like when she was interviewing Spider-Man. Yeah, like, I saw that, that coming from a good, not a mile away, because it didn't take... When you first saw her, you think she's a one-off character, but after a while, you begin to get really suspicious. Yeah, I knew something was up with her. I didn't know she was going to be She was gonna be Doc Ock, though. So that mm. was, yeah, that's although, true. I guess, I guess mm. like, gender-swapping a, a well-known villain is definitely a way yeah. to throw you off. Uh, but I don't know. I, I knew she was a villain. Like I couldn't imagine yeah. that she'd be Doc Ock. She has like she has like the evil villain laugh and like everything. Yeah, she's like, she's just, like, like more very experiments. <laughs> like stuff. Yeah, like, that. like there was something definitely off. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the character of Peter Parker. Um, oh the, yeah, yeah, what's it called? The older Peter one. Peter B. Parker. Yeah, Peter B. Parker. Yeah. And then so basically, uh, what I really liked about this story is this is like one of my. This movie did Peter Parker like, probably the best 
in like any recent Spider-Man movie I've seen. Because I think out of any Spider-Man movie. Yeah, arguably, yeah, actually. I think like maybe you can argue Spider-Man Two is better. Yeah. Um. But but they did this Peter Parker like excellently. Yeah. Because basically they understand how he basically just goes through so much hardships in his life. Yeah. And like he's at a point right now where he's basically lost everything and including his hope. Yeah. And that's just a really like heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, Spider-Man's all about like you fall and you get back up, right? That's like it's like a symbol of hope almost. It's like yeah. it's like that's where the fantasy comes from, you know. That's why people like Spider-Man and like comics because they're like they want to they like see themselves in their heroes, right? Yeah. And the way they do this too is just so like well done because they don't explicitly say it. Mm-hmm. But basically how they show it is uh, all the Spider-Mans, they all want to go back to their own universes because yeah. they're talking about all the things that like they need to go back to, like all the things they're missing out on. And then basically they need someone to like stay behind to close the portal. And Miles wants to do it, but Peter's like, no, you're not ready. So instead, Peter Parker volunteers to close the portal. Yeah. Basically like sacrificing himself to um, save the others because he feels like he doesn't have anything to oh, go no. back home to. Oh, yeah, Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's just like... Yeah, that's that's sad. So sad. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically, he just feels like he has nothing to live for. Uh huh. It's it's dark. It's really dark for a kids movie. This. Speaking of which, you know, let's just, let's just go on full spoiler tangent. <laughs> this is so dark. Oh. Um, can we just? Okay, I'm assuming if you're here, you you've seen the movie, um, to like our two 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 listeners, um. But um, when Peter Peter Parker dies. He doesn't get like an off-screen. It's technically an off-screen death, but it doesn't feel like it because you hear his oh, yeah. bones crack it's, when when Kingpin just. It's very early in the movie too, so it's basically he just bashes his skull. In. His, yeah, his, so his head just gets smashed like a watermelon. That's the only way I can describe it. Oh, that was yeah. Very... Like, you don't see it, but all you see is like Peter Parker's on the ground and he's like doing his little quippy thing and going like, "Yeah, I'll get out of this one," and then all you hear is like a. Like a <laughs> like I can't, I can't crack my knuckles right now. But I'm not yeah. ready, but like it's like a, it's like a crack. Just, uh. um, Uncle Aaron's death was also something I didn't quite see coming because, mm-hmm. like, he prefaced the um, letting Miles go by putting his mask on, which almost made it feel like he just didn't want to look him in the eyes when he killed him. Yeah. But in actuality, he was trying to hide his identity and then send him away because he didn't want to kill him because well, he couldn't take it Wait, in. talking about uh, what's the PG rating, let's talk about his death for a second. He just gets straight up, like, shot. He gets shot. Like, on screen. Kingpin <laughs> as a villain is, like, uh, the most real villain. Yeah. Because unlike all the other villains, who you know, like, in superhero movies, right, they're, like, they got, like, cool robot arms or, like, I don't know, like, lasers. Yeah, lasers. He's just a big, strong guy <laughs> with a Glock. Yeah. <laughs> He's like he's kind of like Bane. That's that's the way I can see yeah. him. He's kind of like Bane from Batman. Yeah, except like I don't know. I love actually like people complain about him, but I think one of the things they got down a hundred percent is his design. Yeah, 100%. so simple. He's just a big box. He's a very terrifying big box, and he carries like a. Actually, now that I think about it, I, I've kind of brought this up, or I didn't bring this up in this podcast, but I brought it up to you. Mm-hmm. His gun looks like a normal gun in his hands. But you have to remember he's a giant man. This, oh, this gun is, is probably shooting like fifty caliber like sniper <laughs> bullets. Oh. Because like think about it, like how does he shoot straight through Prowler's armor? Mm-hmm. Right? Prowler's supposed to be like a like a bounty hunter, right? Like an assassin. Yeah, exactly. You would think he has bulletproof clothes. But it starts to make sense when you realize like Kingpin's rich. He's huge. His mm-hmm. pistol is probably shooting like sniper bullets. Yeah, dude. Kingpin <laughs> Oh. 
Yeah. I think the only... Also talking about Kingpin's backstory, I think it's kind of dark, but I think the biggest problem with him is just his backstory seems a little bit cliche. It is a little cliche. And then... In that aspect, that's where he's a little bit weak. Mm-hmm. But I think I think they play with it very well. Like they they yeah. they made do with what they had, because in the climax, the part where um, he's about to kill Miles, and right before he can, he gets like his flashback to his family, like looking at him in, in fear, yeah. and like you can like he still can't get over the guilt after all this time. That's why he's doing through. That's why he's going through this whole like, evil plot. Oh yeah, the way and, it's like, executed is just like yeah, like perfect. when he's about to win, like his one weakness gets to him. And I think that's, like, a real weakness, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like in superhero stories, everyone has, like, a weakness, but it's, like, not a real weakness, you know? Like, Superman's got his kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Or, like, like stuff like that. Like, weaknesses that don't really feel like character flaws. They're just, like, plot plot points or uh, what's it called? Yeah. Like plot yeah. devices. <laughs> but in this case, like, it, it's also a plot device, right? Like, if he got, mm-hmm. if he'd gone through with it, Miles would be dead. <laughs> yeah. But it feels organic the way it, the way it, it happens. It's in line with, like, his character. Mm-hmm. And then I love the way they, they also animate it, how when he's in the quantum realm and then, like, this is in the final climax and he's, like, trying to fight Peter and stuff. And then, like, he sees, like, his family, but they're, like, partially rendered. Mm-hmm. And then they're, like, they see him and then they're just, like... They're, like, like horrified no. again. Yeah, and it's, it's just, like, deja vu because it's happening yeah. all over again. I love that part. Yeah, and, like, it's good. I like it. I like how um, it's almost like Miles could only win because of Kingpin's flaws. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And like Miles is like his whole thing is like he's he's scared. He's like he's not perfect, and he also has a lot of issues. But like he's learned to come over the uh, overcome them. Mm-hmm. And in the climax, he can actually fight. And then Kingpin is the one who ends up succumbing to his own weakness. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, very very cool. Yeah, very good writing. Very solid writing. People have brought up the fact that this movie is a very strong example of um, Chekhov's gun. I think mm-hmm. that's what it's called. You know what it is? It's like uh, the um. Can you explain for us? Theo? It's oh yeah yeah. So it's the idea that everything in the story must serve a purpose toward the overall mm-hmm. arching like plot. For example, um, Uncle Aaron isn't just a side character. He actually serves a purpose in being um, the prowler and a step for Miles to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, or how, like, once again, like the character details, like how King Kingpin's motivation ends up being his downfall. Oh yeah, and or stuff like, like that. It's even very stuff tight. like like the random girl crush she meets in high school. She turns out to be Gwen Stacy, who's like yeah. a really big part of the plot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they try their best to make sure every character serves multi purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, barring Spider Noir and Spider Ham, I think I think they serve like very little purpose in the overarching plot, and they're kind of like the uh, they're kind of like the the exception to this. Yeah. Um, Although let's talk about the the humor in this movie just real quick because I don't think we mentioned it yet. Oh, but this yeah. movie is very very funny. Yeah, like hilarious. I mean, it's written by the same people who yeah. made the Lego Movie. Like, you should expect you should expect yeah. some good comedy. Very good, high quality comedy. Yeah, I think that's it. I, I think okay. we're good. Um, oh wait, I can bring up that one touching scene where um, Miles is like, basically like in his chair and he's strapped down by um, Peter Parker and oh, he's yeah, told yeah. like. You're not allowed to follow me, so I'm just gonna like strap you down so you can't chase. Mm-hmm. And then um, his dad tries to give him a pep talk, except his dad thinks Miles doesn't want him to come in because he doesn't want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. So his dad just feels like all this guilt and like all this sadness. Yeah, yeah. And then like it's so it just it hurts to watch. Like my heart was just like actually like ah. Because they have this hurt. like this thing where like the dad will say one thing and then the son says it back. Yeah. So the dad tries to say it, 
and he gets like no response. So mm-hmm. he thinks the sun just like being angry. Yeah. But the sun is like his mouth is like he it's can't web talk. Tight. Yeah, it's web tight. Like he can't. He literally and then like if his dad walked in, he would know his identity. So that's why he's not talking. Mm-hmm. But like he needs to pass it off. Like he's mad at his dad when he's really not. And that's what makes it so like ah. Uh, that's what hits the feels I think for me. Yeah. I think it's the fact that like he's trying so hard to be like vocal to communicate, and the one time he gets the chance to, he can't. Mm-hmm. And it's just. But then that's what makes him grow as a character, because he just listens. And then after he listens, he's like, he has, he's rejuvenated. He feels ready to go again. And then the music starts playing, and then we were talking about how great that is. It's a good scene. Extremely good. Yeah. I think, I think that's right. it, um, officially. We already gave our takes, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But if you missed uh, it... If you missed it, go back to the timestamp. No, I'm just going to say it again. Uh, I gave it a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10? Oh, I give it a 9 out of 10, just for some small... Like, just nitpicks. Yeah. But then I still say this movie's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Please go watch it. Please support. Definitely uh, deserves your money yeah. over some other films, which mm-hmm. we will not mention. Um, yeah, but um, thank you for watching, guys. Uh, or listening. Or listening. Yep. Or watching. Been, uh, if you're on YouTube, then you'll be watching the thumbnail. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, KPLY, Pally Radio. Yeah, and you've been listening to... Um, In the Studio. In the Studio. Wow, this is really... Yeah. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. See you all in the next episode.